Bar Sinister, two minutes later. Mr. Sinister, I present to you the mutants Magneto and Professor Charles Xavier. Hello. Thanks for seeing us. We've come to... Oh, just stop. Before either of you says another word, I want to make one thing perfectly clear. I love that cape. Amazing. Why do I not have a cape? How do I not have a cape? It's a crime, sir. An outrage, honestly. I've always thought you should wear one. Well, if you really thought that, then why didn't you say something? Hmm? I, um, it slipped my mind. Oh, execute this man! Hello, everybody, and that was a scene from Powers of Ten by our our lovely, what's his first name? Hickman? Jonathan. Jonathan Hickman. And uh, that was a, a Mr. Sinister meeting Professor X. Oh, Mr. Sinister. And I'm here. This is episode 101 of CBQ Legacy, Comic Book Queers. And I'm here with Brett. Brett, what did you think of that? Oh, I thought that that was really wonderful. I thought it was a great scene, and I thought it was masterfully done. Oh, thank you. Oh, God. They just... I now want to go back and read Inferno with Sinister being that gay the whole time. (laughs) You mean you didn't the first time? (laughs) <laughs> no, then I that was I was still in the closet when I first read. Yeah, it no, I I know it. He was such a mannish man to me back then. Yeah. Well, uh, welcome to Comic Book Queer's Legacy. Like Evil Jeff said, we're going to get to Powers of Ten number four by Jonathan Hickman and R.B. Silva in just a little bit. But first, what are you going to pick? Hot topics. Ah. Uh, what has been going on? How are you? Is there anything going on in your life right now? Yes, I have a hot topic that has to do with my personal life, actually. Okay. I, over the weekend, was in Minneapolis doing a, um, a big show at Paisley Park. Yes, Paisley Park, where Prince recorded and lived, um, doing a show for a university. And I got to work with an actress who was an alumna of that university. Uh, you may know her, Evil Jeff, as the social worker, that Joker in the Joaquin Phoenix Joker says, all I have are negative thoughts to the oh. woman who they cut to. And oh, she's like, like, gulp. Like a, black, like a black woman, right? Yeah, I got okay. to work with her. Yeah. She's a wonderful woman. Her name is Sharon Washington, and she is simply breathtaking and brilliant. Ah, lovely. And I can't wait to see her and Joker did you, in the did, comfort of my did own Did you ask room. her about any deets of Joker? No, I didn't. I didn't bring it up at all. Do you think Joker's going to be good or bad? Um, I think, I think it's going to be really bad. I think it's going to be bad, too. And later on, maybe I'll talk about another clown-themed uh, movie and what my thoughts were on that as well. Hmm. 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 
and other news. Let's take it from reality to fantasy. Uh, we've got some news about the MCU. We hear that Robert Downey Jr. is going to appear probably as Tony Stark in Black Widow. <laughs> Evil Jeff, wake up, wake up. Oh, I'm sorry, what? Oh, am I supposed to care? Who cares? Yes. This Black, Evil Jeff, do you This Black think... Widow movie, I don't give a fuck. Who oh, ca- I do. I think there'll be some fun stuff in it. Okay. How do you not care? Like, it's the MCU. Because like, we if you already don't care saw, about that, why, what do you care about? Well, it, it's kind of just like, you know what it is? It's like, hey, there was an amazing time we had at this theme park. And then we're going to drive to another theme park to have an amazing time. Now, let's have a movie about the drive between the two theme parks. That is what Black Widow is. I don't give a fuck what happened in those two five years in between the first two those, those last two Avengers movies. I don't care. Especially just watching this whole thing, I'm just gonna be like, you die, and then you die. Ah, uh, yes. And then However, you die. Do you think it'll end? And the answer is no. Do you think it'll end with Steve Rogers showing up at Vormir to return the Soul Stone? And bringing her back to life? Yeah. Ugh. No, I want her to stay dead. I hate Black Widow. Especially um, playing Marvel Alliance, she's the worst character. Yeah. <laughs> she's the Alliance worst. really made you hate Hawkeye and Black Widow so much. Yeah. Hawkeye at least is a bit better when you level him up, but Black Widow, even at a level 40, she's garbage. She's awful. Anyway. Um, you have other MCU news, right? I do. And I don't know if anyone has seen this, but they just released, and I know they released this out of almost spite with the whole Spider-Man leaving Sony. They kind of released this original Easter egg post credit scene with uh, Tony Stark and uh, Nick Fury, in which Nick Fury brings up... Uh, the idea, oh, of there being uh, people bitten by spiders and other assorted mutants, indicating that the X-Men and Spider-Man were always planned to be, you know, joining into the Avengers. Yeah, why did they shoot that? I think maybe they were hedging their bets of like, let's shoot it because we can get it. We'll get it. They'll get on our side. When Iron Weird. Man, when like, Iron Man happened, but that's when Iron Man happened. This is Iron Man one. Did was did Disney own Marvel back then? No, no, no. Marvel owns Marvel. Who did the first Iron Man movie? John Favreau. No, I mean like what company? Marvel Studios. It was Marvel Studios' first movie. Oh, so it wasn't even like Time Warner or anything. It was just Marvel. Yeah, that's why it was such a big deal. Huh. That's why it was done so right. Well. That was the narrative. They're finally responsible for their own characters. Maybe they shot it, and then someone was like, hey, guys, we actually don't own them. And they're like, what do you mean? We're Marvel. Of course we do. No, they knew. They knew they didn't own them. And that's why, but that's why, like, the whole reason, like, the whole thing was that Marvel was like, you know what? We don't need X-Men. We don't need Fantastic Four. We don't need Spider-Man. We can make Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor work. We can make them work. Like, that was the whole point. I, why did they shoot that scene? That's so weird. Hmm. Do you think it's a deep fake? Oh, my God. Yes. 
Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, Tom Holland actually just came out. Everyone has come out just being like, this taking the Spider-Man away is the one is the worst decision ever. You mentioned the yeah. star of your movie being like, this sucks and I hate this. Like, yeah. If I was him, I'd quit. I'd be like, I'm not doing it uh, unless you I, figure it out. I feel like he should quit, and I think that they would renege and, and renegotiate the deal. I think it's all in yeah, his and hands. They might, they might make another shitty Spider-Man movie with like a new Spider-Man. They might try to make like a, a live-action Miles Morales, and then that'll suck. And then they'll be like, all right, fine. You know what? Fine. And then they'll reactivate Tom Holland. Tom Holland should not be the Sony Spider-Man. He should quit. And wait. Yeah, quit Tom Holland. Tom Holland, quit. And if you need money, just... Work as an exotic dancer. I'll, I'll support you in lap dances. Ooh. Uh, you know who else should quit? It is the Future Foundation comic book. Luckily, it is ending with number five. Well, did they ever think that was going to have a long run? I mean, was it a limited series? I Maybe don't, it was always supposed to end with five. I guess, but it was kind of like, let's take all these characters no one gives a crap about. I mean, the power pack is kind of fun, but not enough to sustain a comic. And then let's have all these other random characters. Ooh, maybe they all die. Ooh, dark. Yeah, let's no, have a I bunch want, of... I don't want Tong to die. Tom? The Tong. Tog? Tong? The, the, the trans moloid? I like, I like her. Oh. I don't. They can all die. I don't care. I feel we should treat everyone in the, in the community equally. Um, you know who else is dead? <laughs> uh, your soul. Whitney Houston. Cue the music. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now it is time for waiting to exhale. Evil Jeff, of all the many X-Men books that are out there in print today, which one did you read? I read a little book called Powers of Ten by Jonathan Hickman. I keep on wanting by to say... Jason Hickman. Oh, I want to say Michael Hickman. <laughs> Who's that? Is that someone you went to high school with or something? I don't know. Oh, you know what? Probably. I was friends with a guy named Michael Hicks in Chicago. It's always that. He has passed away. Rest in peace. But... That must be what it is. Strange. 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 Hmm. Anyway, Powers of Ten, guys. We need to... There's a lot that we're going to need to unpack here. A lot. A lot. Um, we are... Let me set the expectation now. We are going to skip over the bar sinister blind items that are featured in a data page midway through the book. We are going to go in depth on those at the end of this episode. For now, we are focusing on the plot of this story only. Powers of 10. It opens with a quote from Professor Xavier like so many of these books do. I fear our needs will far outlast our desires. We have many hard choices ahead of us. They are surviving, not thriving, and shit's gonna be hard. Yeah, because he's ready to, there, he's, you know, it's, it's time, it's endgame, basically. It's X-Men endgame. Yeah. They're ready to, they're ready to fucking start. I have a question, New though. beginning. Before yeah. we start, know how you were saying that all of the stuff, uh, all of the stuff was shot, um, 
after like all the the main like plot House of X one came out after House of X four, or happens after. Yes, because yeah. you were saying. I think I found something that that proved me wrong. Actually, that's what I was about to bring up because. You were saying, oh, that Cyclops and Jean and all of that, and because of the way they were acting, this is afterwards. But then I realized, wasn't Cyclops there while Mystique was stealing the information of locating where Nimrod was, of where the Mother Mold was? Boom. Right? Yeah, I'm totally wrong. Yes. Okay. All right. But I like your explanation better. I think maybe just that scene of the pod people coming out happens... And maybe this but everything after that with the diplomats and everything that happened more it could, that was the power move that led to them doing Orcus it could be possible the scene of Gene walking in with Logan playing with yeah that could yeah, be Logan after playing too. yeah Logan that could playing. be afterwards too alright yeah anyway um, covering that up we'll consider a little correction segment um, back to the issue at hand we start at X0 sort of the formative years of the X-Men and we have Magneto and Xavier visiting <gasps> Bar Sinister. Yeah, and this is what I'm realizing now, especially because we saw in that what's that new uh the what's the new um crossover event coming incoming? Yeah, yeah. We see Xavier Apocalypse and Magneto together. So I think this yeah. life Myra is like it's all of them. I'm not gonna choose Xavier, I'm not a choosing Magneto, I'm not a choosing Apocalypse, I'm not choosing Sinister, I'm choosing all of them. We're gonna bring them all together. It's all of them. Yeah, we're going to break the rules. Is, no more good guys, bad guys. And then before we get into this, in the timeline that we saw so far, was anything listed about Sinister in this timeline? Do you remember? No, okay. no. It was all, to my recollection, Life 9 stuff about enslaving him and the birthing pods. and. Okay. All right. Well. Well, maybe, uh, no, I guess, I guess that future where they talk about his betrayal... Yeah, that was Life 9, and I think Moira learned from that betrayal. Maybe they count on that betrayal in this life. Or do they? But, well, that, that is for later. That will get confusing. So Bar Sinister is from Battle Worlds. It's from Secret Wars. It's never been in our 616. So here it is for the first time. Yes. And, and how about this? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I was just going to say what happens next. Do you think, so, like, I heard somebody describe it as, like, not the Emerald City, but the Ruby City? Yeah. Is this place made out of Ruby Quartz? I mean, it looks like Ruby Quartz, doesn't it? Right? Yeah. And he's the one that gave Scott the Ruby Quartz when he was a kid. Yeah. In his orphanage. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, that I thought of. I didn't read. (laughs) Well, good for you. So we're here with all of the Sinisters, very Kieran Gillen Sinister, where he's, you know, flamboyant and foppish and he's in multiple bodies and um, he, he's good like, times why, ensue. He's like, why don't I have a cape? Why don't I have a cape? Magneto and Xavier pretty much muscle their way in. Um, and Xavier kind of like, well, he talks to him. And then all of a sudden the Sinister he's talking to gets his head blown off by who I think is the Sinister we all know and love because he's got the frilly cape. Yes, and it turns out this Sinister, which is interesting that I always assumed Sinister was a mutant, but this Sinister was just cross-cloned with a mutant. And that's where he has his powers. 
I saw a lot of people, when Jonathan Hickman listed his favorite mutants on Twitter, a lot of people were like, hello, Mr. Sinister is not a mutant. And he, that's when he responded, oh, children, watch me work. <laughs> and, well, that's the thing that's... Well, then later on, I mean... All right, well, I guess I'll bring this up later. I do... It is revealed of who his mutant DNA is crossed with. Well, we could go into that, the information that's dropped, right? I mean, it's yeah. the guessing we're going to save for later. Okay. Because, uh, well, but f- before we get to that, so clearly Xavier's like, we need you to go through the DNA. F- do your research on all the mutant DNA. Originally, you were going to look for just all human DNA. No, just mutant DNA. And also forget everything about us while you're doing this until i tell you to remember exactly and that's when these uh this like the red diamond gossip magazine is released which is just like a gossip rag that releases 10 sinister secrets and And they're blind items they're gossip they're like good old moviephone.com now there's and then the one thing uh uh maybe the ones that we can let's talk about uh Let's talk about the ones so that, you, that are revealed, since they're not actual Yeah, secrets. there's only one other. So, oh, well, we haven't really gotten it. Did, did we say Thunderbird is the, is the yeah, person who th- he... Yeah. Inge- yeah. So they reveal that Thunderbird... There's one other. Yeah, but he's also been shown in Inferno and stuff to have, uh, like, psionic powers and, like, kind of, like, energy-based powers. So I'm interested of why yeah. he's, he's only crossed with someone that has, like, strength and healing-based powers. Yeah, I guess those powers don't come from his mutant gene. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. I'm sure that those are easy well, things to give explanation to, but I find it strange that he chose uh, uh, the original Thunderbird. John Proudstar. Why? Yeah. Why? Well, I, I, I think maybe part of me is like, because Jonathan Hickman is just celebrating all things X-Men here and just wanted to get that name in. <laughs> Because Mr. Sinister's a big, burly man, and that's why. All right. He actually is beefier than the counterpart he slays. Yeah. I think because he has, he's got that hot Thunderbird magic inside of him. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's, like, he picked the one that was given body, okay? My mutant power is to have a hot, thick body. He chose that one. He's gay. Ah. That's why he picked that Thunderbird, because this Sinister is just very gay. Because he's like, you're hot. I want to look like you. You're hot. You're hot. I'm in love with Scott Summers, but you're hot. Well, it turns out he actually didn't have his powers. He just has his dick up his butt. <laughs> what? Why not? Well, one other reveal. Uh, yes. Uh, here, I'll read it. We don't hear this word spoken often, so when we do, it's best to pay attention. Because when you square that circle, what took a long time to build can come crumbling down rather quickly. Inferno. Now, is this a reveal? Because that's a very vague no, reveal. No, it's not a reveal. It's a setup for the next scene. Really? Which sees Doug Ramsey and Xavier in a very disturbing outfit landing on the island of Krakoa, clearly a flat... Well, it was still in year zero. Xavier is introducing Cypher to Krakoa. This is the beginning 
of building the Krakoan nation. Yes, and of course, he, and it's like, I noticed immediately, he is dressed as Cassandra Nova in the beginning of Grant Morrison's, uh, you know, new X-Men run. Do they just share similar taste because they share DNA? But this has to be referencing something. Oh, it, I think it's meant to... It put me ill at ease, and I think maybe that's what Hickman was doing. Or, but remember we kept saying how feminine Xavier looks? <gasps> oh, tell me more, tell me more, is he really Moira? Or is it really... Or is it Cassandra? Oh, hell no. Could that be? No, 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 it's not, because we're going to bring up a blind item later... And she's living in there. Okay. Cassandra Nova is one of the blind items. Yes, that is true. But this is, it is weird. Like, I still am, I feel like he did, I don't feel like he just did it just as like a nod. I feel like, I feel like it's there on purpose. Like there's something else there and I don't, and he'll reveal it late. I don't know. You think it's just a visual. I think it's just for effect. Okay. I think it's just to to fuck with our trust and distrust of Charles Xavier. Know what I really wish, though, in this? I wish there was a line where Doug Ramsey was like, yeah, thank you for, I need this vacation because I need to get away from the internet and all that stuff. I wish they just had one line that referenced what Soul had developed with his character beforehand. Yeah, that recognized that. Um, yeah. Although I'm blaming Xavier for his personality turnaround. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait, the guy who all of a sudden had a massive personality shift has been hanging around Charles Xavier? <laughs> and we but still don't know how. Shift. And we still don't know how he got the warlock. Yeah. Um, yeah. Since warlock was killed. But he's just such a cute, fun baby boy. Doug Ramsey. I love him. Yeah. I just love him. He's so cute. And here we learn the origins of Krakoa. Okay. Well, one thing. You said Doug's arm. Do you notice, does he infect some leaves with the TO virus? Oh, he does. Yeah. Is that why Xavier brought him there too? <laughs> or is that, a, is that Doug? What is that that's, about? That's There's something. all these subtle things. That's something. There's all these like these building blocks and this was just a nicely written scene because cypher is kind of very dismissive to xavier being like well i'm talking to him and and cypher's like no you're just empathically talking to him yeah you're you're grunting like you can get i'm sad you get he's like sad but i know why (laughs) and i love this because it's always been that telepathy is a much more nuanced and and valid form of communication than just talking and language in comics and here language trumps telepathy Mm -hmm. so doug picks up from krakoa way more than xavier doug picks up from what krakoa is saying um krakoa's origin story he was used to be a bigger island he used to be a bigger island with a different name akara Mm-hmm. And then one day, and here's where I'd like you to go back to the reveal in the blind items, Inferno, demons holding a big sword 
come out from under the ground. Oh, so you think this is what it was referring to? Okay, I this thought is, that was like, are they, I thought they were like doing, is there another Inferno happening? Okay. Oh, there will be when the other half of the island that Apocalypse pushed into limbo is coming back. So you think the world that Ilana Rasputin rules is actually Arako, which was Krako- the other half I, of Krakoa. I think I think Arako fell into limbo and is down there. Okay. I love that. Yeah. So we've got Krakoa, Apocalypse, and fucking Limbo and, all connected and, by this origin story. And they're uh, driven back in by the original four horsemen. Now, Who are still down there. But that's the interesting thing is how, if they're still down in Limbo, how come magic has never seen them? Right? And we haven't seen magic yet. The last we saw, she went fucking crazy town. Well, she turned to a demon and went to limbo. Yeah. So we don't know where she is now. But I'm. have we ever seen the original Four Horsemen? No. Interesting. I kind of like how no. they... But doesn't this one... This one, the one with the fire, like, one of the horsemen, he looks like one of the... Isn't that like a Herald of Galactus? Yeah, like um, Fire Lord? Yeah. Doesn't he look like Fire Lord? Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I wonder. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, the first horsemen we met were an X-Factor, like the anorexic girl and Warren and the, yeah. the um, disabled veteran. But we've yeah. never seen the first, the ancient first. The biblical ones. Yes. Nope. Uh, I love that Doug is able to pick up this like way in detail story. And then when they cut back to Doug telling Xavier, he goes, or eh, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Dougie. And, so then yeah, Xavier, and then Xavier leaves Doug to build the nation of Krakoa, like build yeah. a system, build a language, build a culture, build a structure. And then we get to um, kind of the gatekeepers of Krakoa, which I find very interesting in which uh, yeah, the, the inter- actual system, the interface is Cypher. Um, all m- transit and monitoring is done through Sage all defense and observation is done through Black Tom Cassidy. So I guess because he can go through all the plants. Yep. Um, secondary external systems, monitoring all the outside sources is trinary. And then the main Overwatch data analysis is Beast. Love it. That is so cool that Black Tom Cassidy is essentially the security system. Yeah, especially that that's fucking awesome. Very untrustworthy to me. Yeah. And also, he's sadistic. Um, and then you've got you got a little guy in the basement there. We hear maybe. What is that? Forge. Oh, that's oh Forge. Building some shit. A skunk works, which is a you know a, t- a, a, a smaller group of people that separate from the rest of their team to you know, do things differently and innovate better. So that's what Forge is doing. Forge is the innovation center. Forge is R&D in the basement, in the sub-basement. Nice. Nice. And then we cut to the future, to fucking X3, and those crazy blue people with the phalanx. Um, now, didn't you say the blue people had the symbols matched something? Um, when Xavier was like, and I am connection. Oh, oh it was that last, same symbol. It was that symbol on the face of the main... 
what I'll call the Moira librarian. <laughs> so yeah, so he, we've we've discovered that the ones the 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 I don't even know if they're human anymore. Whatever race this is on Earth in the future, they want to ascend with the phalanx. Yeah, they're not humans. But um, but they're not because, mutants. You know, they, they don't seem like uh, yeah. I don't I don't know what they are. It hasn't really yeah. been fully explained. But the interesting thing he does is rather than absorbing with the phalanx, he put his consciousness into a machine and let the phalanx absorb the machine. Yeah, because they can't absorb biological, which is weird because I was like, I associate the phalanx with like, if they touch you, you turn into phalanx. I think you do. But I think he did this as a way, I feel like in a way. Well, yeah, they infect you. They don't assimilate. Well, yeah, yeah, no, they do. But that's why I think he did that on purpose when he was like, it worked. I think they're tricking them. I think. Yeah, and well, he says like a trick, and they're like, no, not a trick, uh, just a, a workaround. But I think maybe they aren't trying to assimilate, and they're actually trying to destroy them. Um, here's my theory. Okay. <laughs> um, they're learning. They want to know how to um, create a collective consciousness themselves. Yeah. So I think this is what more. I, I think this is life six. I think Moira. I think the librarian is Moira. I think she is going to become. She's figuring out a way to become one with the phalanx, so that they can figure out how to either become one with machines, or better yet all mutants can kind of become like this one collective consciousness, this one organism, this one mind, kind of like they did back home during the space mission. Like how the eight of them combined to like do a thing. I think he's going to bring all mutants back and I think he's going to make them kind of like a biological phalanx. I'm always wrong. Why? Okay. If, if, but if this rife was true, why would she then go and try to kill all the sentinels in her next life. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe something really bad happens. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe powers of 10 number six is going to be awful. I don't know about that. I will say I'm not on board with that one, Brad. Okay. But I, I, appreciate, I appreciate all of your ideas. Look, <laughs> I'm not afraid of what I've done, but I do fear what it will cost one day. And that's our closing <laughs> quote from Professor Xavier. Yeah. <sighs> and by yeah, that, I just he's, know what this phalanx by stuff that is. he's uh, talking, and I know what that quote means. It's his latest costume, because let's just say <laughs> it's awful. Well, that I wish head. I looked that good. Uh, I know, but oh, I could never fill out a patent leather black suit like that. Uh, with the egghead, I'm sick of it. Anyway, powers of X, powers of 10, Jesus powers of 10 it's still it's still great i mean this the sinister which we will get to later that's just so juicy i just love that where it's like and now here's some riddles here's some riddles for you and they're probably teasers of upcoming storylines in dawn of x yeah that's what i thought the inferno one was teasing that and that uh all the inferno stuff is coming back but you're saying that probably is all going to Come back. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If you look at the cover of um, X-Men number two, uh, it looks like the X-Men are fighting an evil Krakoa. Okay. Love so. it. Yep. All right. Well, 
that was the X-Men. But I have a question for you, Brett. What have you read for me lately? <laughs> Ooh, yeah. What else have what you What have I reading? read for you? Yeah. Um, I know that we both read this one. How about a little Silver Surfer Black number four by Donnie Cates and Trad Moore? Trad Moore. I wanna I wanna just make love to Trad Moore's art. I, I think wanna become one with it. The art is great. I will agree with that. But coming into the fourth issue, I was very even though you explained everything to me. Oh, you didn't read one through three? No, I just read the fourth one. Oh, Jesus. But you already kind of explained what happened. Yeah, that's true. And this is pretty much just a big con- like it's like two big conversations. One is Silver Surfer and Ego, and the other one is Silver Surfer and a not yet Galactus Galactus. And basically it was just him deciding, should I kill Galactus? And then basically Galactus he's like, Why do you want to kill me? And he's like, Because I because I have this plan and I know if, if I kill you, I'll save all these other people. And Galactus is like, How do you know that's not my plan? That's why I eat those planets to save other planets. And he's like, Huh. <laughs> he's like he's like, Here you are, here you are accusing me of, of committing murder to balance the scales. What is you doing? You're doing the same thing right now. I did, and I did not realize that he was doing it in a, a New York accent. New York accent. <laughs> <laughs> but also, the watcher shows up, and he's like, "I'm spooky." Yeah, his face is crazy. Yeah. Do you think I feel this book is great? Well, I feel like the writer is just on acid. The writer and the artist, or the artist, both. Yeah, both I think of both of them. I fucking love it. I don't know. If you're not reading Silver Surfer Black, read it. It's fun. Black it's end. fun, but I it's weird. But fun. Super weird. Yeah. It's and fun. beautiful. It's, it's very good pretty. Good weird. Gorgeous book. Gorgeous do drugs. Art. Do drugs. Be gay. Read Silver Surfer Black. Suck a dick dipped in formaldehyde and angel dust. And then read Silver Surfer Black. Another book that I read is, I told you I'm reading The Punisher Kill Crew. Um, It's Jerry Duggan, who is going to write Marauders, art by Juan Ferreira. Um, I just want to say this. It is such a fun book because it's The Punisher's Adventures in Space, but he keeps bumping into random Marvel characters and like adding them to his team throughout the deep reaches of space. So this is like, it's totally, wait, what the fuck are you doing here? The book. It's great. He keeps bumping into these randos. Like, he's, he's going to... Is it all Jeff space people? No, that's the best part. Like, he's going to go kill this particular monster that kills one of, one of the war orphan's parents. Um, and the place he has to go to, it's like all frost giants and monsters. And it's like in, a, in this other land, one of the other realms. And then he notices, like, it's the, the big shark monster-looking thing has, is toying with a human in a cage. And the human is Foggy Nelson. <laughs> the Punisher's like... What the fuck are you doing here? Who the fuck's Foggy? Fo- ne- who's Foggy Nelson? Daredevil's lawyer. Oh partner. right, 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 right. In space? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, and so it's Foggy. It's like Punisher dragging Foggy Nelson through these adventures in space, and it's really funny. And then at the end. More, they're going after these like sorcerer frost giants, and they happen upon someone else who doesn't belong there. Um, but who would make a great addition to a kill crew? I don't want to give it away, it's too fun. 
Uh, well. Okay. Fine, then. Don't. But I will tell you, nothing stops him. Oh, is it Juggernaut? It is! Well, you just... You couldn't even last three seconds, so you're not giving it away. (laughs) We spoil. We spoil like so much milk. What is he doing in space? Do they all give explanations why they're in fucking space? Yeah, the the sorcerer frost giants are torturing him. They want to pull Satorak out of him. Oh, Jesus. Jesus Christ. What else did you read? I read uh, Gwenpool, number two. Mm. By the delightful divine Leah Williams. This one I was not as much of a fan of. Okay. At this point, I feel it's just... It's just like, I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want. And it's not really, like, going anywhere. Mm, Um, mm -hmm, The most mm -hmm. interesting thing, she basically is like... The whole point of the book, and this is literally the whole point of the book, the cover is her making out with Reed Richards and Sue Storm walking in horrified. And the whole point of the book is she's like, if I don't want this book to be canceled, I need to have I need to have a power player on the cover and I need to be kissing them. So she <laughs> so it's literally the only reason she's going to the Fantastic Four to kiss him is because she knows it will be on the cover of the comic book. So, and Deadpool is with her. And Deadpool, and she's like, I'm bringing you with me because you know it's a comic book. And he's like, what? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, I'm talking. And it was basically like Deadpool. They were just differentiating their crazy. Where Deadpool's mm-hmm. just like, I'm just talking no. to... To the to everybody, you know, like people who are watching me. Yeah, but you are talking. You think this is a comic book? And, you think we're flat? And yeah, yeah. And so she basically makes out with him, and then Sue Storm comes after him, and it was basically them just literally attacking the Fantastic Four just so she could kiss him. And there's really like no other point, which in the, in a way is kind of amazing. But at the same time, I was like, I'd like there to be an actual, I don't know through story mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. and then the other the only other interesting plot device is, is he's like wait what do you mean don't you have a boyfriend aren't you dating Quentin Quire <gasps> and she just pulls out a phone text and it's this cute little lovey-dovey text between them and then she just texts hey you know what I gotta break up sorry it's not working that <laughs> just sends it and she's like don't worry I'll just go back and, and reality erase that later uh. She's going to retcon. She's retconning herself. Yeah, so that part was kind of funny. But other than that, it's just, I don't know. There's no, like, point to it. There's no actual story. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Anyway, it's cute. What else did you right. read? Ew, 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 ew. I can't believe you asked me that because, ew, I read a DC book. Ew, I read a DC book, too. Um, I want to talk about Event Leviathan number four by your boy, BMB, ever so briefly. Um, it's, like... It's, it's got, it's pretty much all witty banter and like run around like plot twist after plot, not even plot twist, um, shift the focus of accusation mystery. Like maybe you did it, maybe you did it, maybe you did it. 
But there's just something like so oddly off about the banter of the detective group, like Manhunter and Batman and, and Damien and Green Arrow and Lois Lane. And um, it's an odd cadence. Uh, I don't know what word I want to use that they have. It's just it's it's odd, it's odd conversation. Like not um, real. Like it's not believable. It's, it's trying so hard to have like um, uh, snark that this it feels forced. The snark feels forced. Um, everybody is like so too cool for school. Okay. That it all kind of sounds like the same character talking. Right. Yeah, usually like, maybe, maybe Bendis is usually yeah. good at that differentiating character yeah yeah and it's just like it, it kind of feels real go nowhere like they're not really giving you much answers um so this one picks up the last one ended with leviathan finding amanda waller and superman um also finding her and about to intervene it takes place after in the fortress of solitude where superman is back at the fortress of solitude with this detective group and um he got his ass kicked by Leviathan and he's kind of recanting what happened to them. Um, a lot of this book is all the heroes thinking that Manhunter is somehow behind this, like the hero that they all kind of don't know anything about. Um, and then, uh, like, and then it focuses on Lois Lane for a while, but uh, you're just kind of like, like those, where is this going? It feels like one of those mysteries where they're just going to reveal the information you needed to know at the end. And it's like, Oh, well, I wanted to try to guess along with you who's behind this and what this is, but you're withholding information. So hmm. I don't know. Sounds, I don't know what you want me to do. Sounds awful. Yeah. Um, what's not awful is another ew DC book. Wait, how many ewes do you give it? I give it ew, ew, ew. Three ewes. Ew. Oh, four ewes. Okay. That's I think came four. In. Okay. I give three and a hesitant fourth. Uh, the one I give no ewes to is Wonder Twins number seven by Mark Russell. I give no. I give maybe half an ew because it doesn't. It maybe. still hasn't picked up the plot from the last issue. What do you mean? The, and the last Wonder Twins issue. Uh, what's his name? Scramble. What's his name? Scrambler. Just Scrambler. I kept wanting to call him Professor Scramble. <laughs> Uh, Scrambler was like, hey, Professor Eggs, <laughs> Professor Eggs. That's great. Professor I, <laughs> I feel like uh, the Scrambler was like, hey, I need to make an email, which means he was going to go through with the switch. Oh, yeah. And the switch well, hasn't they, happened. So well, it ended with like, instead of a call, can I get an email? Maybe they were like, no. <laughs> yeah. But it's I feel call. like that that plot is going to still happen. I feel right. Maybe. I want it to happen. They do continue the story of the Scrambler, but it's kind of the, like how they feel, the, the, how the Wonder Twins feel about it, the aftermath. Yeah. And it just sucks. They save the world and then get demoted to like tour guides for the Hall, Hall of Justice. It's, but it's hilarious. They're giving tour guides to the Hall of Justice. Zan is the best. Of yeah. course, he's super into it, while Jane is like, this is beneath me. Yeah. Uh, it's super fun. Yeah, I'm glad it really, it's still like, going. It's, I thought it was that had ended, so I'm glad it's still going. I I think it like it's it's creeping up as maybe my favorite non-Hickman book of the year. 
Yeah, it's super fun and super smart. And funny. Yeah. Super funny. Like they have their, is it the, um, uh, what, where is, where is the Hall of Justice? Is that in Metropolis? Is it in Metropolis? Or, or is it like in New York, which they have two for some reason? I bet you it's in New York. Well, it's Although I want, in a where, city. where is, do the, what state is Metropolis in? New York? I have no idea. What's is it in a, are there are there states? What state is Gotham in? Not that's never been I've, decided. Oh, oh wait, no, wait. I just read this. Do you understand? I just read this. My husband and I just for some reason looked up oh, we were looking up the origins of the word Gotham. Um, because something that we saw in a park somewhere. And uh, in the Wikipedia entry it said that Gotham City is notoriously depicted as being in the state of New Jersey. Gotham's in New Jersey. They say Gotham is in New Jersey. That's so weird. Isn't that weird? Like there's no cities in New Jersey. I know New Jersey's just like one big suburb. New Jersey is absolutely a suburb. Like the whole thing. That's um, why it's that's so why, funny. That's why it's so densely populated because it's not like oh here's the city and then there's empty area and then not, it's just filled the whole way through. If you live, if you grew up in New Jersey, you don't ever refer to New York as New York. You'd never say New York. Everyone in New Jersey calls it the city. Are you going to the city? Yeah. It's very much a suburb. Everyone in the state, you going to the city? <laughs> oh, I just got back. From, oh, I'm going to the city. Um, but like in Wonder Twins, the hockey fans, like the, the hockey team is called the Ice Cubes and there's like hockey riots, people. Yeah, it's just cute. Go Cubes! Like it's so cute. <laughs> oh man, that's so cute. And so a lot of this focuses on this um, uh, meta by the name of Repulso, who's just basically a human stink bomb. That was sad and, and he seems so lonely. The, the way they isolate him and treat him because he smells. Uh, and the guards who are like, okay, come on, you have another mission. All right, get back in there. He's like, you guys are my best friends. Um, <laughs> and it's a very tender, tender ending with Jaina and Repulso at the end. A very lovely, lovely note. Because she's an ant, because ants can't smell. Was that the thing? About yeah, it? she has no olfactory senses as an ant, as a giant ant. Oh, well. Love so she plays chess with him as a giant ant. I, I mean, it's got heart. It's poignant. It's satire. It's intelligent. It's funny. It, uh, uh. Comics. We read them. We read them. We've also watched and listened to them, which I think means it's time to... Let's, Let's get, get critical. 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 Ah. What uh what you been watching? Well, I saw a movie that I want to talk about. Um and it's a little supernatural, so I think we can talk about it in our okay. comic book w- w- uh, milieu, if you will. Okay. So we're clearly talking about it chapter 2. Can we kind of change up our 1 2 3 tradition a little bit for this one? Okay. Can we do? Can we do one, two, three? Yes or no? Was it better than it chapter one? Okay. All right. Ready? Uh huh. One, one two, two, three. three. No. 
No, uh, hell, like not even hell close. no. Not like, even close. S- like, so no. And here's uh, the thing. Number one, it was not. Okay, go ahead. Yes. Here's the thing. And I'm going to bring this up. Remember how we brought up last week about people being triggered about the <laughs> yes. movie? And stabbing. I think they're stabbing. Well, not only stabbing, but people are triggered. People are now trying to have the movie boycotted, or they want the movie literally re edited to remove the gay bashing scene from the beginning of the movie. Now, here's the deal I 100% disagree with ever doing that. that Absolutely correct. That being said, that scene it was tough that but that scene in the book that scene that act of hatred is what reignites it yes. to come back and they that didn't the point. that's the point they didn't show that in the movie so yeah, he just kind of appears so he just appears so it just was like a random gay bashing for no reason it ended up seem like seeming like it was there for no reason so that's why i was like you needed to depict that because yeah, they were being gay done. bashed that that is what awoken him and then yeah. that would have made sense so right so the way it's done now it just didn't make any sense i found i found myself saying that um when somebody was like oh my god wow it turns out pennywise was so anti-queer i was like okay uh he's drawn by the worst fear and the worst hatred so he was drawn to that like whenever misery happens pennywise appears but they absolutely failed in telling that story yeah and also the other gay subplot can we talk about uh, uh, why not what's make that a thing if you're gonna add that add it yeah don't what, with bill hate what's bill I hater's mean, character is it finn i don't know finn? actually i didn't i didn't hate it i think i think ricky and eddie are so cute together and i'm so sad um, but yeah, but then make make them for the whole, um, make them actual lovers. Make him come out, end. like he should have come out. Just come out. Don't be like, oh, I'm scared that people and might think I'm gay. I, I had the what? biggest problem, I think, with the whole tacked on Stanley stuff at the end. Like, don't you guys get it? My suicide was actually a really heroic move because I love you. Yeah, that what? was t- awful. That was stupid. It's garbage. Stupid. How the fuck would he have remembered? And here's the it's other plot thing. Hole. Why did he? Why did he remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Here's the other thing. Um, this movie was two hours and forty-five minutes. Why? I think there were scenes that would be like ten minutes long of them just being like, "Hey, remember our childhood, and remember why we are like these characters, and we have to do something." And I'm like. Yeah, we remember because we saw the first movie. So we already know what characters you are. Like that movie, they could have cut over an hour out and it, and without blinking an eye, you would have not missed anything. The whole going to get your artifacts thing was so flat. I was like, so really we're going to watch all six people take a turn of like going to get a thing and getting scared and then escaping. But at it, least those were scared. At least there were like tense, scary moments. The rest of it is them just all sitting, talking about their feelings. Ugh. I was that movie. They should have been getting the artifacts minute 15 of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, sorry. It you were not it. It was you awful. You did not do it. 
It was bad. Like, and it's I thought like, the first like, one. like shit chapter two. <laughs> <laughs> the first one is so good. So good. The second one is so bad. You have Jessica Oscar nominated Jessica Chastain and she's saying lines like I'm just like she said better lines in Dark Phoenix. Get a you get had, a new agent. <laughs> you had Vuck from Dark Phoenix. Vuck and you wasted it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was uh, disappointing um to say the least. But I did watch something that I liked better than it. Talk to me. I watched the first two episodes of Titans <gasps> season two. Oh my God. That's exactly how many episodes I've watched. Yay. Are they all out? No, they come out. Um, they drop them weekly. Okay. Yeah. So I watched the first two episodes. Yeah. yeah I thought episode one was kind of a throwaway. Yeah. Um, it, it was, it, I was it almost was... like, well, we built that up. Let's get out of that so we can start Let's... fresh. Yeah, let's start. We we just want to get to Deathstroke. We want to build the team. Okay, Raven. She's Raven. Good. But now Raven okay, has that ruby on her head, like. But now Raven has like this blowout hairdo. Hate I it. it. Oh, I hate I it. it. I hate I it. Think it looks good. No, I like the straight bob. That's what I need. Hmm. I love straight bob. <laughs> <laughs> I like gay bob. Um. Anyway. Speaking of, yeah. Speaking of straight bob. Um. Brent, Brenton Thwaites, who plays Dick Grayson, I can't with him. He is so hot. Yeah, He's so hot. Yeah, it's I. I can't take it. Here's the thing he's about like him. A, he's like a Zac Efron. I can't. I can't look at him. But here's the thing. There's guys where you look at them and you're like, you're hot. But there's guys where you look at them and you're like, not only are you hot. I can tell that you're an amazing kisser. You have big dick and you're really good in bed. And he has yeah. all of those. Oh yeah, like he's he's very yeah he's definitely the uh, although, I mean that's the thing Beast Boy, and Ugh. and Robin the current Robin what's his Jason, Jason Todd? Todd they're all really hot and Hawk oh uh, can we talk about Hawk Alan Richson oh uh. oh he's so hot Alan Richson I've lusted after Alan Richson ever since he was a contestant on American Idol like season three ah. And he was Aquaman and small. Oh, so hot. Um, yeah, uh, I thought they really turned it around when they started getting to, okay, this is what this season's going to be about. And we get to um, see Batman, Game of Thrones, the Game of Thrones guy. Yes, the guy, yes. What's his name? Jarek? Jarek? Yeah. He's loyal to the dragon woman? Yeah. Daenerys. Uh, he's great. He's a great Bruce Wayne. Um uh, love that Bruce Wayne is kind of a recurring character, kind of like the the sage that Dick Grayson keeps turning to, that like keeps calling on the phone. Hey, Bruce, I need advice. Yeah. Um, and I love that they're building the team. We're getting introduced to the daughter Deathstroke, um, uh, Wonder Girl's back. Yeah. Um, they're building Starfire's world. Uh, Hawk and Dove are going to be active again. And we're, they, they mentioned Aqualad already. Yeah. Now, here's the thing that I... And then we know Superboy is coming at some point. Oh, and and um, Wonder Girl keeps talking to Roy Harper, Arsenal. Red Arrow. Oh, oh okay, right. Colton Haynes from yeah. Arrow. Here's the other thing, though, is is the person that kidnapped Corey Starfire, is he an established character? I don't know. I don't know enough about Starfire's world. I, I would ha- imagine I so. had to look up the Rose character, who is uh, yeah. Deathstroke's uh, daughter. Yeah. 
Um, and I had, I looked her up to see what like her deal was and her eye can see the future apparently. Oh, really? Like the missing eye. Like that's like, Oh, cool. So it's like, she does have an actual power too, but all of her strength powers were cybernetically given to her by Deathstroke, at least in the comic. Now, is she kind of like a Terra thing? Is she going to, is she like someone that betrays them? I have no idea. I wonder if she's like going to be, if she's being set up to betray them, but they already know who she is. I don't know. Where does, yeah. where does her and, loyalties lie? And we're still going to get, um, we're also going to get Superboy in crypto. It is just weird watching. Um, I just watched, they just ended Young Justice. And now I'm watching Titans, which is m- mostly the same characters. Yeah. It's very strange. <laughs> But I like it. I like it. I'm down with it. It's yeah. fun. Oh, and they introduced um, Dr. Light, who, you know, I don't know much about the DC Comics universe, but I know that he's horrible. How does his powers work? I didn't get how his powers work. Yeah, I don't know. Light bombs or... They, yeah, it seems like he like, could plant a light bomb in people or in the car. Like, how did that car like, blow up? Like, there's a yeah, part where the car like, blows up. It? Yeah, I didn't get it. But it was fun. But um, he... I mean, he's known for being the rapist. Like, isn't that the the rapist villain who, like, there was what? Like, a story where he, he, yeah, there's a story where, like, he raped a woman, and I think it was depicted, and, and like, ever since then, it's kind of like Hank Pym in the slap. Like, ever since then, it's like, oh, Dr. Light, the rapist. Oh, oh I'm sorry about the rape. I didn't mean the rape. I'm not sorry about the rape. Like, I think it's just a gross character to me. Isn't Dr. Light the good guy in the Mega Man Nintendo game? <laughs> The professor, like the yeah, it's Doctor no. Light and Doctor yeah. Wiley. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Oh, that's who he is. He's the guy from Mega Man. <laughs> but but a rapist. Well, here's um, hoping they yeah. don't have rape in, in this good. one. I'm, I really, I'd rather not. I'd rather not have it. Yeah, I've had an, uh, yeah. I've had enough. Can we stop? Can we stop at that? Thanks. I mean, like. The Joker movie's coming out. Let the Joker movie do all that that stuff. Oh, the Joker movie. Can't wait to talk about that one. Ugh, we're we're going to wait because I probably won't see it in the theater. That movie is going to have to be so fucking good for me to not hate it. Although I'm going in it with such low expectations. Who knows? Ah, well, it's almost like you're going in blind. Blind. Blind items? Like... Like blind blind items. I see where on, you're going let's say, with that. A trashy gossip rag. All right. Have you read Powers of X? And did you? Are you too lazy to Google and figure out what these blind items at Bar Sinister are? Well, have no fear. Brett and Evil Jeff are going to help use our powers of deduction and fight over what we think these blind items mean. Let's that is right. And as gay men, Evil Jeff and I know how to read blind items. There's a trick. There's a secret. There's a code. Look for certain adjectives. Look for verbs. Why was that word used? Hmm, maybe it refers to something. Let's start with number one. Let's dive in. Read number one, Brett. Sinister secret number one. He's trying to pretend that no one noticed he was wearing red shoes. But this truly sinister sinister isn't fooling anyone. Red shoes, ruby slippers, Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. So this is a Wizard of Oz reference, but it's also saying this truly sinister sinister 
isn't fooling anyone. Do you think there's another sinister pull? Is this about there being a, another sinister that's... It feels like this might be about like a rogue sinister that's trying to uh, establish some individuality. And I wonder if it's a reference to Miss Sinister. Although, but Miss Sinister is just from another dimension and never was... Uh, no. What? No, she's not. No, she was a human that Sinister turned into, um, injected his DNA into her. I thought she was from the Ultimate Universe. No, no. What? Really? Yeah. I hate Miss Sinister, though. Oh. All right, while you look that up, Let's move on. But to I, but secret. I, but why do you, I think there is something about Wizard of Oz there? And I tried to look back, and you don't see anyone's shoes, so there was well, no one is, wearing red shoes. It's interesting that Wizard of Oz, like the Emerald City, like here, this is pretty much the Ruby City. True. True. I I think it's I think we're gonna get a story set on Bar Sinister. Okay. Well, when I looked up Miss Sinister, you're right. He did implant in her, but he said he implanted his telepathic powers in her. Oh, where'd he get those? Yeah. Hello. Hello. Thunderbird. All right, let's move on. You go. Sinister secret number two. And speaking of fashion, the Whisper Network has turned into a roar regarding the return of this trend-setting mutant who was cut down in his prime. Will someone please tell all these mutants to stop wearing human clothes and join the stampede across their island full of flowers to the flower that's the fullest? Flowers. Maybe like a carnation? Jumbo carnation. This from, is absolutely Jumbo Carnation from, from Grant, Morrison's from run. From Grant Morrison's new X-Men, yes. The fashion designer who died from an overdose of kick. Which then started Quentin Quire's uh, crazy, craziness. Yep. And he was mutant bashed, right? Yeah. And like, uh, I think Quentin said that he was killed and Beast was like, no, he died of an overdose. And I think it's clear that it's uh, Jumbo Carnation, but why? Yeah. Why bring him up? I just love, because there's one coming up later that Hickman, I think he's just reviving some Morrison stuff because it's fucking awesome. I know, but that's what it's like. What could, what could be the fun thing he's going to do with a fashion designer? I'm, I'm very intrigued. Yeah, very intrigued. I think also as this nation of Krakoa builds up, like this whole no idea human clothes. Mutant, mutant clothing. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Very cool. What's Sinister Secret number three? Years ago, a deceased red-headed pretender made a pact with the devil. When she passed on, most believed that any secret she had went with her to the grave. Won't everyone be surprised when they find out not only is this not true, but she left behind a whole lot more than secrets. Who do you think? Well, this one, I mean, clearly it's Madeline Pryor. Absolutely. But here when the it says... The devil is naster. But when it says, won't be, everyone be surprised when they find out not only is this not true, what is not true? That she's dead or that she had secrets that went to the grave? I think I think that she had secrets that went with her to the grave, but maybe it's referring to the fact that she's alive. That's a, Yeah, it could be either. Hmm. But she left behind a whole lot more than secrets. That seems like... 
that sounds like a baby or something, right? Right? Yep. Yep. But then when she, when would she have had another goddamn baby? I don't know. <gasps> oh, 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 oh! Brad, oh! Brad, I figured it out. What? Who's the last person Madeline Pryor fucked before she turned evil? Scott? Havoc? Havoc. Havoc. She has a baby with Havoc. <gasps> she was I'll pregnant because she, she was pregnant when all that was going on. <gasps> but didn't they bring her back? Um, didn't That like, was like what, a ghost. Was it was like a ghost. That was when uh, Matt Fraction oh. was doing it. It was just like yeah, some yeah, ghost. Yeah, and she wanted to start the sisterhood of evil mutants. And right? it was just some ghost version of her. Okay. Whatever. That was Matt Fraction's boring run. We can just forget that happened. <laughs> those <laughs> captions. Those captions were great. Um, sinister secret number four. You want to go ahead? While every sinister has been busy wondering how they might be affected by current events, almost no one noticed what washed ashore. A word of advice to all things sinister: don't embrace the revelry, or there won't be anything for you to celebrate. Yeah. This one's tough. I had to look. I started doing some digging and then looking up what other people were saying. And someone had an interesting. I did not come up with this on my own. I think first though, you let's give what your what was you gave me your initial thoughts on it. Do you still think yeah, yours are right? I do. I actually do. So the only thing I'm picking up on is the odd use of the words revelry and celebrate, um, and those are synonyms for the word jubilation. And so I think this is a story involving Jubilee in Bar Sinister. I think the more important thing is what washed ashore. And that could either be two things. Right now, Namor is trying to attack the Earth. But I looked up, when did Bar Sinister first appear? Uh, In, yeah. Secret Wars. Wars. Did you know that somebody washed ashore on Bar Sinister in Secret Wars? No, who? Oh, God. Captain Marvel. Interesting. So, there could be, and I don't know what that means, but people have noticed that she literally washed ashore and was taken in, and she was in bars, and I was, like, looking through the panels and stuff, and I was like, ah, and she stayed there for a while. I've also seen um, somebody theorize that this could be Nate Gray. Um theorizing that current events might be the age of X-Men. Um, and somebody, uh, I think I saw a panel where Nate, a bearded young Nate and like a life seed are washed ashore somewhere. Ugh, no, I'm done with him. Yeah. I so hope I hope, I hope not. All right. We already went through the secrets revealed. Sinister secret number five. He's the best there is at what he does. She's married with a kid. The husband knows exactly what's going on, but who is he to point the finger? He's up to much the same and more. Maybe this is just the new normal on the mutant island. Give it to me. Give it to me, Hickman. Jean Grey. Give me what I think this is. Jean Grey and Scott Summers are technically together, but they have opened up their relationship, and he is boning Emma Frost, and she is boning Logan. Give me... The poly relationship between the four of them <laughs> yes! that I deserve. That has to be what that means. Although, with a kid, she never fucking gave birth to a kid. So that's kind of... That's yeah, the only I thing mean, that throws me. The other thing that it could be is Xavier and Moira. 
Because doesn't she tech? She has a kid technically, and she's married to Banshee technically. No. And they're on. both it's... still alive. Because wouldn't she still be married to Banshee? Yeah, he's the best he is at what he does. Is clearly Wolverine. Yeah. So it's Wolverine, Xavier, Moira, <laughs> Banshee, and Apollo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's boring. I like the other one better. Okay. Sinister secret number six. Everyone believed that the plan of this progerian mutant with secret sinister ties was foiled, but little did the gifted ones know that the destroyed samples were switched out beforehand. This is not up for debate. This is Ernst and Cassandra Nova. Well, it always was referenced in, in that future episode issue of New Avengers. Um, Cassandra is a good guy, and she goes, no, call me Ernst. Yeah, she says to Martha, of course you can call me Ernst here. But then it was never uh, referred or referenced or anything was ever given. No, well, Whedon fucked it up. Two things, like two balls were dropped coming into Morrison's one run. Number one, everyone knew the fifth cuckoo, who had not been named, was supposed to start with an I because it was S-P-C-E. And it was clear that they were going to spell out Spice. Yeah. Like the Spice Girls. Yeah. And Didn't then Matt Fraction? Somebody, Matt Fraction either, fixed it. I think it. it was Austin. I think it was, yeah, Fraction fixed it. Um, but somebody called her Mindy, and then Fraction said her real name is actually Irma, so check. The other thing was during the whole Torn storyline, where it turned out Emma was manipulating Kitty into getting the ooze out of the box because that contained Cassandra Nova's essence, the ooze that was stuff from Morrison's run from Imperial. Yeah. Where the, the body that Emma trapped Cassandra in. Um, that was always supposed to be Ernst. That was supposed to be Ernst, like the Cassandra's rehabilitation form. It was so clear in Morrison's run. And then Whedon fucked it up. He ignored it. And it hasn't been good since. But wait, I think, wait, wait. I think so here's what, gonna wait, what do you mean it was supposed to be Ernst? The blob was supposed to turn into Ernst? Yeah, Ernst was that blob. She says in that same panel where she's like of course you can call me Ernst dear she also says and here I am in my synthetic space uh, synthetic space slime body uh, without a spare part for, for light years or something like that She ref- and, and then her hand starts morphing into the computer so she even says that she's in the body of that thing but then who is the Ernst girl then Cause it's she- little Cassandra Nova like basically Emma sucks Cassandra into stuff. And then the next scene is uh, the psychic classroom where Jean and Xavier are, are educating Cassandra. Okay. A is for Adam. And then we don't see what happens to Cassandra after that. We just meet Ernst. And then through subtext and clues, we realize, oh shit, this is oh, okay. Cassandra so Nova. that when the ooze made a re- reappearance in Whedon, that got, that's how it got fucked up. Exactly. The ooze was Got Ernst. Got it. Okay. Yes. The ooze was walking around as a little girl who looked like an old lady with super strength. But then that's the thing is, how are you going to renegotiate that? Well, it seems the samples were switched out beforehand, <laughs> whatever, whatever that means. But the samples switched out beforehand. Ernst also in the Spider-Man and X-Men book, that she, to give Martha a body, she went in and stole samples from Sinister. Yeah. So I was thinking that's yeah, what that maybe. was referring to. Maybe. Ugh, who knows? Ah. Sinister Secret number seven. Would you care to read that, Brett? 
Two brothers jumped out of a plane, and for the longest time, until he was discovered, many wondered if there was a third. If we told you there were more, would you believe me? <laughs> Probably not. Oh my god. Is, Is there, there a fourth? When? <laughs> when? Well, how does this bitch hide this many pregnancies? Is it Gamby? I, if it is, it's, it has to be someone we already know. But Gambit, that's such a weird... You know what? Give me a sister. Yeah. Give me a summer sister. You know what? He Well... Emma. Well, but it says there's two brothers, and many wondered if we were third, if we told you there were more. So it is saying, talking about brothers. Well, who knows? It could mean summers. Yeah. So I think in addition to Vulcan, there are more summer siblings out there. I bet you it is Gambit. It was supposed to be. I mean, well, I mean, that's what everyone speculated. Well, Gambit was also... And, and then everyone... Supposed to be the bad guy. Yeah. And everyone also thought it was Adam X to the extreme. Oh, my like God. Fabian thank God. And then everyone realized that, that he was the worst. That would, that would have sucked. <laughs> thank God. Sinister secret number eight. For years, this fittest of all mutant has routinely surrounded himself with a particular numbered entourage. These hangers on stick around for a while until they are eventually replaced with newer, more exciting members. What most people don't know is that if the original members returned, these pretenders, he loves pretenders, these pretenders would be dropped so fast their heads would spin. So, I mean, this is setting up the whole, like, we're going to limbo, we're getting the original horsemen, we're going to battle the demon Krakoa, it'll be great. Yeah, so this is the, it's talking about the four horsemen. Yeah, this is Apocalypse, the fittest of all mutants. Yeah. And I love um, the, the whole idea of, like, uh, these hangers-on stick around for a while until they're eventually replaced with newer, more exciting members. <laughs> <laughs> That's so how it is. Oh, we're going to be the new horsemen. Yeah. Sinister secret number nine. They say the kids are all right, but all is not right in paradise. This non-couple couple has been apart so long, friends are expecting when they see each other again, fireworks are going to ensue. Is the universe ready? Judging by how unprepared everyone was for what's happened so far, we kind of doubt it. Who do you think this is about? Gene and the Phoenix are my non-couple couple. I think this is about Myra and Apocalypse. Interesting. Because they were never a full... I don't think they were ever like a full-on couple, but then they spent that whole lifetime together, and he you hasn't... Like a couple of me. And he hasn't been introduced... Well, maybe they're a non-couple couple because in this life, she's not a couple with him. And maybe. he doesn't know about her. So I think... Maybe, I mean... Sure. And he hasn't I been introduced to it yet. Fireworks is a clear reference to the Phoenix. And then he drops the word the universe. All right. That could work too. Blind items. And let's get to the last blind item. Sinister secret number... 10. Which brainwashed mutant sinister was replaced long before a certain bald somebody knew and has been in on the game for almost as long as the game was being played? Shh. This one, shh. This one is clearly about 
Jonathan Hickman making this story as confusing as fucking possible. <laughs> I think I know what this means, though. No, I do too. Yeah. One of the the sinister. The, there's another. Either the sin, the main sinister or one sinister remembers every life too. Oh, I think that's what oh, it I means. Think that. I think that's what it means by he knows already knows what's going on and he's been playing the game for as long as it's been played. Well, guess what? It's been played for ten lives. So if he knows as long as the game's been played, that means he has to remember those ten lives. Oh, okay. So I think there's somehow sinister is remembering those other lives as well, and that's what that's about. Okay. Why? What do you think? I it think. Is? I think it's the sinister who Xavier brainwashed in the beginning of this story. That was, he was switched out with a different Mr. Sinister who doesn't have that brainwashing and that trigger. Well, it seems like that's what I mean. That's what I mean by making this more complex. So now this, we can't even rely on sinister to play his part because he was switched with a different sinister. Yeah. That's crazy. (laughs) It's like, Oh my head. No more. No more twists and turns, Jonathan Hickman. Oh, Jonathan Hickman, what are you doing to us? Oh, but thank you for the gossip and the blind items. I love it. Fireworks, universe, Phoenix. And thank you, listeners, for listening to this 101st episode of Comic Book Queers. The beginning of a new... uh, Onward to 200. (laughs) The road to 200. The road to 200. Join us, won't you? Um, thank you so much for listening. Hey, you know what? This caravan can fit a lot more. So if you have friends who you think are into sass or comic books or kink shaming, well, this is the show for them. Um, ask them to subscribe um, wherever podcasts are sold. Yes. And just remember, if you like reading some blind items from Mr. Sinister, well, I hate to break it to you, but that makes you queer. Bye. Which podcast co-host pair is going to end the show now? Mm.